Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. This is Minister Ray coming to you with our uh, Saturday night message. Glad and excited to be with you again on another Saturday evening. And we praise God for being with you. Uh, I also want to encourage you that Grace and Faith Share, we have an app. All you have to do is go to your iPhone or your Android and type in Grace Faith Fellowship and you can download our app to, our, to your phones and you can get the messages at any time at your convenience. If you want to re-listen to something, then it'll be at your, at your uh, service as far as you want to re-hear something. So we do have an app that's available to those who want to re-listen to these messages, or maybe you missed the message, you want to um, hear it. Um, the app is for that, and so we encourage you to download the app. But tonight, I'm going to be starting a new series, um, maybe about four or five weeks, and the title is, That's Not in the Bible. That's what the title is, That's Not in the Bible. Now, you may be saying, okay, well, this is some of you may be a little controversial and it's basically focused on different maybe different sayings if you've been in the church for a while you may have heard different cliches that you've heard and maybe still hear them that we think is in line with the word of god but actually they're not they're not in line with the word of god and so we want to be also dark we want to be you may be saying we're not too picky but we want to be dark and correct we do things sometimes certain cliches can lead us to have wrong thinking which leads us to a very um distorted relationship with god it can lead us in the wrong way and so therefore uh, i want to challenge those cliches tonight with the word of god and be a blessing to you so we were talking about that's not in the bible now you may have heard this particular cliche uh, of you coming up. Maybe you never heard it. Maybe you've never been to church. But it says here, one of the cliche, the first cliche we're going to talk about tonight is, you may have heard this, God help those who help themselves. Maybe you've heard that. You've heard that expression. You, you may have heard that expression growing up. Um, it is frequently used as either an, an admonishment for laziness or as a put off disguise as encouragement to have patience and faith. So when you've heard this clip thing, God help you help yourselves, maybe you the lazy person. And they know, so if you're lazy, then this, this particular cliche says, well, you know what? You need to do something in order for God to do something. You need to do something, you're being lazy. And so God ain't gonna, help you if you don't help yourself and you don't get about busy and doing some things or as it says it's a put off disguise as encouraging to have a patient faith so it's saying that you know what you've been doing something so just have patience and, and wait on god you you'll see the manifestation you know you've been doing you've been doing so it puts emphasis on your doing versus your believing and we're going to deal with that so in layman term, it implies that God would do his part if in turn follow through on our end. That's what it's saying. So if you do your part, God gonna do his part. 
Okay. If you do his part, you may have said, you may have heard that. Well, if you do your part, God going to do his part because, hey, God help those who help themselves. Now, now, at first glance, such an expression, albeit nowhere in the scripture. Now, you're not going to find this nowhere in the scripture. This expression seems harmless. After all, um, what, what's wrong with the notion of self-reliance? Because by nature, that's what we do. We're self-reliant. We depend on ourselves. You know, even though we may want help from people, but you know what? You may have, you may be a person who's, you know what? I don't want nothing about it. I want to do it myself. Even my little grandson, now he he's now sometimes he he tells me I try to help me. He says, "No, nah, I want to do it myself. No, nah, I want to do it myself." And why he is that that in that nature to be independent of anybody's help, and that's a human nature for ours because we want to be independent of anybody. We want to do it our own. Why? Because by nature we want to take credit for it. We want to take credit for stuff. We want to say, look at what I did. Look at what I did. Hey, look at how talented, how awesome, how smart I am. So, but mind you, this this cliche, God help them, is nowhere in the scripture. Okay, but at first notion, okay, you may see this is harmless. Yeah, you know, self-reliance is good. But the problem with God help those of themselves is that Taken in context of faith, it places the burden of salvation in our hands. And that was never God's and the Lord's intent. So it places in the context of faith, when we look at the context of faith, it places the burden in your hand and in my hands. You may say, well, God helped them. So it puts all the pressure on me to do enough so God can act on my behalf. This is what it's saying. You may be saying, well, you know what? It's harmless. Hey, God, but no, it places in the context of faith. My question is to you tonight is what is your faith in? What do you put your trust in? Is your trust in your works or is your trust in the finished works of Jesus Christ? There's a difference now. You understand that? There's a difference because now when we talk about salvation, it says it places the burden of salvation in our hands. Now, most of you and some of you may be thinking, looking at me, say, well, when we say the word salvation, um, most of us think, well, being saved from hell, forgiveness of sin. And, and that is probably what we leave all so much out that uh, what Jesus paid for and we've been talking about this uh in our bible study at virginia beach on wednesday nights we've been talking about grace the power of god and grace so grace is the finished works of jesus christ where he did on calvary and we've been talking about how grace is more than just forgiveness of sin so when i use the context and i talk about it taking in in context of faith it says to place the burden of salvation in our hand. When I'm talking about salvation, I'm not just talking about forgiveness of sin. I'm going to go to a scripture because we have, it's just like being on the job and not taking advantage of all your benefits package. Because on my job, you know what? Um, part of the, the benefit package is we get bonuses. 
Now, what if I were to take advantage of all the other benefits, but leave that out? Um, that would that would be my fault. Okay, but even though that's part of the the benefit package, okay, I'm not taking advantage of it, and so therefore, um, I want to read. I'm gonna tell you what's the Psalms 103. Starting at verse one tells us what's in our salvation packet. And I'm going to start with verse one. I'm reading from the, the new King James verse. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, verse two, that's verse two. It's a, it's a colon there. Now he's going to name all the benefits of salvation. This is a song written by David. It says, who forgives all your iniquities. Okay. We're talking about most people know that. Most people, when, it, when we talk about salvation, they say, you know what? My sins are forgiven. God forgave my sins. But that's where we stop. Okay. That's where we stop. But no, it keeps going on. It says, that was verse three, who, who forgives all our nicknames. It says, the second, who heals all our diseases. So healing is part of your salvation package. So when we talk about God help those who help themselves, in other words, the, the, the burden of salvation is not in your hands, means that your forgiving your sins is not based on your works. Healing is not based on your works. Okay, here's the next one. I mean, it's notice here. I'm going to go back. It says, who heals all diseases. Now, what does all mean? In the Greek, all means all. Okay. I mean, I don't care what type of cancer, um, any any sicknesses in the land. God says, I have, part of I've healed you of all diseases. Now, it's in verse 4. It says, who redeem your life from destruction. Prosperity is the part of your salvation plan. Deliverance. Well, this is talking about deliverance. Redeem you from, who redeem you from, from, from redeems your life from destructions. And it says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Prosperity five so that your youth is renewed like the eagle this is all a part of your salvation package okay so when we talk about god help those who hurt themselves and when we're talking about salvation here it says that the, the play it places the bird of salvation in our hands so healing is not on you forgiveness of sin is not on you your prosperity is not based on your works your deliverance is not based on it also wholeness your wholeness is not based on your ability it is not based on other words that was never god intent you understand what i'm saying so salvation is more than just forgiveness of sin it is healing it is deliverance it is prosperity it is wholeness all that is part of your salvation packet and when you make the, the statement god help those who help themselves okay you saying hey all that is based on my works, my ability to get the job done. And it's not. We are reminded again and again 
through scripture that we human beings are wholly insignificant in the task of salvation. You're insignificant. You, we are reminding scripture, you are insignificant. Let's let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It makes it very clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 said, It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our quali qualification comes from God. You ain't qualified to do it, me or you. You're not qualified to do anything on your own. It says that in 2 Corinthians 3 and 5. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. That's the mindset you need to get. I'm not qualified to do anything on my own. So when we're talking about God help those who help themselves, I can't help myself. I'm not qualified to do anything. My qualification comes from God. Everything I'm able to do, everything that I'm able to accomplish, it is all because Jesus Christ and what he did for us. So you're not qualified to do anything on your own. So it says salvation is not something we were ever intended to accomplish on our own. It is a free gift. See, this is the thing we got to grasp. And this is this is why I said, even, even though we've been studying this for years, and I'd be out study for years, it's hard for us to grant that something is free. That is paid for. It's hard for us to imagine that God would give us something for free. Why? Because we mess up so much. When we look at our human frailty, how we mess up on a day-to-day -day basis, how we come short. Okay, it's hard for us. It's a free gift. Let's look at, look at, look at Ephesians. Ephesians 2 and 8. Let's look at it from a New Living Translation. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Check that out. I'm going to pause there. God saved you by his grace when you believed. When you believe. You were saved when you believed. Believed in what? Believed in what Jesus Christ done on the cross. So you got saved when you believed. Okay. It says, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. How many of you know? You need to understand that you can't take credit for a gift. It's free. It's been given to you. The grace of God. We are saved by, King James said, we're saved by grace through faith. Grace made it available. I heard it say this way, or I'm going to say it this way. Grace makes, faith takes. Grace made everything that we need in this life and the life to come, it made available. Jesus Christ made available to us. We didn't do anything for it. It was free. Grace makes, faith takes. So God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. So when we're talking about, you know, God helped them to help themselves. If you believe that, then you're taking credit for it. Because you, what you're simply saying is that, well, God helped those who hurt themselves. So you're putting all your trust in your ability to get it done. 
you're saying when I did this, God did that. And that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. In other words, God did it. And all you did was receive it by faith. That's all you did. Receive it by faith. That's it. So you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Ephesians 2 and 8. That's what it said. So if, if it were not so, that what would be the point of faith in Christ at all? If this, if this cliche was true, if this particular statement was true, God helped those who helped themselves. Okay, what would be the point of putting your faith in Christ? To say nothing of his sacrifice on our behalf. What would be the point of the sacrifice if God helped those who helped themselves? What about those who don't have the ability to overcome? I'm just using cigarettes or overcome the drug habit to overcome some type of shortcoming. What if you don't have the willpower to do that? What if you can't help yourself in that area? Then what? You know, so it, it's it said, what would be the point of putting fire? What would, what, why would Christ have to die if you can help yourself? If we could help ourselves in those areas of salvation, which is healing, deliverance, you know, all those things, what would be the point? Christ died for nothing. Because you're simply saying that, hey, well, God will help me if I help myself. And so you're putting your trust in your own ability. Now, like I said, once again, that may, it may seem harmless when we say that, but I want you to pay attention to content. We're talking about, let's say, the content of faith. What it, What is your faith in? And when you, when you make that statement, you're saying, I'm putting my faith, my, my faith is in my deeds, my works. Okay. If any human hands, heart, or hard work were capable of achieving could have secured our eternal salvation surely we have would have done it by now if there was any way i know when we look at man with all the things that man has the ability to create if there was any way that we could could secure our eternal salvation we would have done it by now because after all, Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago, okay? And the reason you haven't heard of a human solution to salvation in all this time, the reason no man has cracked the code is because there is no solution, at least not one that we can, put, can produce. See, there's no human ability can secure your eternal salvation. Like I said, we if that was possible, man would have already found the answer. I'd say they would have cracked the code with all the technology we have and, and the ability that we, the things that we have to do, even now with our cell phone, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we couldn't do nothing like what we're doing now with cell phones and internet and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just amazing what we're able to do now with all the technology that we have, but there is no, yeah, even, even though man has the ability to do all that he has done and created, or I say has the ability to produce, um, nobody has come up with a solution for eternal salvation. No one. 
They can't do it. They can't crack the code. There's no addition. No, nothing we can produce. The truth is no works of our hands, no matter how well intended or noble, can justify us before the Lord God Almighty. Nothing. No works by our hands, no matter how well intended, no matter how noble, can justify before God Almighty. Okay, now let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Reading from the New Living Translation makes it very plain. I love it. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You may be saying, hey, well, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments. Well, first of all, you you may be thinking you, you like the rich young ruler. He thought he was keeping it, but he wasn't. Um, but you maybe think you're doing pretty good, but I guarantee you're coming short somewhere. Jesus told the rich young ruler, you're lacking something. He said, that's one thing you lack. Because when after Jesus went through the, the Ten Commandments, he said, I've kept all from my youth. I kept all thou shalt not kill, steal, commit adultery. But Jesus says, one thing you lack. So I guarantee you, you're lacking something. So it says no one can ever be made right with God by, by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's what it does. The law simply shows us that, guess what? Me and you need a savior. You need a savior. You need somebody who can... Um, go before God on your behalf. This is what Jesus did. He paid the price. He paid the sin debt for us. He paid the sin debt. And because he paid the sin debt, we can have everlasting life and be with the Father forever. But this particular statement, God helped those who help themselves. Okay. Yes. Um, if that is wrong, and you need to understand, he already did what you said. Well, hey, I know somebody's saying we're going to get to it. I said, well, you know, what, what does that mean? So that means you do nothing. You know, after you get saved, you can just sin all you want and do anything you kind of do. And, you know, just not do anything. Let God sit back and do nothing. And we're going to get to that. That's not what I'm saying. But understand that, hey, that salvation has been paid for by the works of Jesus Christ, not your works. So let me read again, Romans 3 and 20. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows that our sinful are. You're a sinner. You're born that way. You're born with a sinful nature. That's what makes you a sinner. Not your behavior. See, and that's one of the things I think that we need to grab hold of. Because whenever people, whenever we start talking about sin, people focus on your behavior. And we say, hey, for years I thought, well, my, your, your sinful behavior makes you a sinner. And that's what I thought. And that's I, a lot of people I talk who think, because think about it, even after you get saved, there are a lot of people who believe once you sin, okay, that makes you a sinner again. You're a sinner again. 
Okay, you're a sinner. And so you're saying that, hey, you know, that that I'm a sinner. No, you're not a sinner. You're still a saint, but you just sin. Okay, I'm going to read Romans 3 and 28, just a few verses down. It's a, it is only by faith in the atoning sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, that we are made right with God. You are made right with God by what the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's how you've been made righteous. You are the righteous God in Christ Jesus by what Jesus did, not by what you do. And I know people, we still struggle with that. We still struggle with the fact that, and I know somebody's still saying, well, what, so what are you saying? You don't have to do anything. You just live in it after you get saved, after you believe. Because we, we, we live it believing to, uh, we say, well, after you believe, you put trust in Jesus, then hey, I ain't got to do anything. Yeah, we get to that. Just hold on just a second. And so it says here, um, I mean, Romans 3.28 says this. I was reading, it says, so we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. It makes it very plain. That's the New Living, New Living Translation, Romans 3 and 28. We are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. So no more is expected of us. And that's not just good news. That's great news. And then that's great news. As a matter of fact, the, the word grace means nearly too, too good to be true news. Nearly too good to be true. This is nearly. This is why people struggle with believing this because he says, "Wait, there's no more expected me than just to believe in what Jesus did." See, that's that's too easy. It's got to be something else. And this is the mindset. I know I've been there. It says, "Hey, wait a minute. You mean tell me all I got to do is put my trust in Jesus? And I'm and I'm the righteous God in Christ Jesus. All I got to do is believe in what He did for me, and I'm right, and I have eternal salvation. My eternal salvation is secure." Yes, this is what it says. Let's go back and read again. It says Romans 3 and 28. It says we are made right with God through faith. And, you know, through faith, and that's faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. The law represents your works, your good deeds. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. It's, it's, that is not only Good news, it is a great, it is nearly too good to be true news that guess what? All I gotta do is just believe in what Jesus did on Christ on the cross, and I'm safe. There is nothing we have to do on our end in terms of hard work or man-made gold settings. Only believe and trust in him. Wow, that's awesome. Nothing we can have to do on our end. So God helped those who helped themselves. No, you don't have to do anything. Jesus has already done it for you. All you got to do is receive. It's the same thing as somebody inviting you over to dinner. And you know how it is. You know, I know I do myself. You know, I may ask the person, well, you know what? Um, do you want me to bring anything? You know, bring some the drink, some whatever you want me to contribute. They said, no, just bring yourself. Just eat. All we want you to do is just enjoy 
what we've made available. That's what God did. He says, hey, you don't need to do nothing. All you have to do is just come to the table and eat. Put your, uh, when somebody invites you, you're putting your trust in them to provide everything that you need for that dinner. They're saying, look, trust me, just come and eat. This is what God is saying. Put your trust in me. Come and eat from the table of the master. And there's salvation there. There's forgiveness of sins there, as we talked about. There's healing there. There's deliverance there. There's wholeness there. There's prosperity there. There's joy. There's peace. Right? All you got to do is just sit at the table. Come to the feast and eat. Be a part that the Bible tells us. Be a partaker of what salvation made us. Be a partaker. So there's no nothing we have to do when I end. No hard work. No no man-made or goal setting. Set goals when it comes to salvation. It says only believe and trust in him. Now, I know somebody said, well, you know, so what, Eric, I have a problem with this because as my pastor said, Pastor Julius, he always said, well, okay, the religious skeptic is at the table. And he show up and he says, look, okay, so what are you saying? Are you saying that I ain't got to do nothing? So all I got, you said, put your trust in Jesus. So I can come there and not do anything and just don't put forth no effort. God's going to provide everything. I have a problem with that because you say, all I got to do is be lazy. No, it's not what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. Let's look at, we're going to look at James 2 and 26. But here's, I want to make this statement. It says, a truly living faith in God is accompanied, accompanied by good works. Okay, so what am I saying? So, once you believe something, the, the reflex or the, the natural response is works after that. That's what it is. So, after you believe... Okay, so I believe in what Jesus did. Now, born out of my belief are good works. It says a true, a, a true living faith in God is accompanied by good works. So I'm not, here's the thing about it. Here's the mindset. You got to get this. I'm not doing something so God can do something for me. I'm doing something because God did something for me. When, when you are appreciative of what somebody did for you, out of, out of that appreciation, out of that thanksgiving, out of that love, good works is going to follow. So you're not trying to earn God's favor. I already have it. But because of what he did for me, I do. You, you got to get that. Because I love God, because... I understand what he did for me. Out of that relationship with him um, comes good works. It's, it's the same thing. I'm married. I don't do what, and, and a lot of marriages may have this, but in marriage, you're not supposed to do for a person because they do for you. No, because you love them, you do good works. You love them. You do good acts. You do good deeds. It's the same principle here. So a, a living faith in God is accompanied by good works. 
but nowhere in the scripture does the Lord or any angel or prophet thereof suggest that we must first help ourselves through such good works in order to earn his favor. So the scripture don't say that. There's nowhere on the old covenant. Let me say this. On the old covenant, that's what that was the agreement. God says, if you do, I do. You do good, I do good. Under the old covenant, you do bad, I do bad. That's under the old covenant. Remember, we're under a new covenant, the covenant of grace. If you read the book of Hebrews, it talks about that, how we we under a better covenant with better promises. Okay, so nowhere in the scripture does the Lord uh, suggest that we must first help ourselves through such good works in order to earn his favor. But a truly living faith is accompanied by good works. And let's look at James chapter 22, verse 26. Okay, let's look at what he says here. I'm not going to read. You should read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to I mean, focus on this verse. It says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So what is James saying here? James is saying that, hey, James even says in that same thing. He says, show me. Um, your works. Um, by, he said, based James was saying, look, you said you have faith. There should be some good works. He said, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. So what he was simply saying is that here, this scripture said, just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is also dead without good works. What he was saying, okay, your body if your breath leave your body, your body is going to fall to the ground. It's going to lay there dormant. It's going to have no um, movement. Why? Because the breath has left, which was life. Once life leaves you, your body may be there, but it's not going to respond. You're not going to have no response. So it says here, just like the body is dead without breath so your faith is dead without good work he says your faith is dormant your faith is dead without good work so you can't prove to me that you have good works i mean good faith in what jesus christ did without good works see so the proof is not for god the proof is for people because people your life is supposed to be an example, the Bible says we are light of the world, right? So the light of the world, people are going to see that light as you act on what you believe. So God helped those who help themselves. No, that's not true. Okay. Because, but if you believe in what Jesus has done, then good works going to follow. Otherwise, I'm not doing good works to get God's favor. I already got God's favor because I have God's favor. I do good works. And you may be saying, well, hey, that's it. But you get to understand when you have a mindset that, hey, my 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 forgiveness of sins is a finished work. My healing is a finished work. Okay. My deliverance. Event, okay. Then as you believe, then God's going to. Out of that belief, God will give you works to do out of your belief. Okay? There's going to be works. You know, when you when you 
when you when you believe in what Jesus gives you, you're going to live right. Right believing produces right living. Let me say it again. Right believing produces right living. If you believe right, you're going to live right. Okay? So that if you believe in what Jesus done for you, you're going to live right. You're going to live holy. You're going to live. Even when you mess up, you're going to fall down. You're going to get back up. Because what right believing produces right living. When you believe right. But see, that's what we're talking about. The focus is belief, not works. Not focus is believing what Jesus did, not believing what I did. So this statement, God helped those who helped themselves. Okay, doesn't line up with the word of God. And what you what you're telling people when you say that, and maybe you may not mean that intentionally, because I've learned, you know, some people you gotta sometimes you may not understand people's heart posture, but what I'm simply saying is that in order to have I want you to grow in this relationship with God. So don't have a mindset that hey god's not going to help me if i don't do this a b c and d or god's not going to bless me if i don't do a b c and d no your mindset you have because i'm blessed even though i miss the mark i'm still blessed even though i miss the mark i'm still holy even though i miss the mark i'm still righteous even though you know i got sickness in my body i'm still healed then you're going to see the manifestation of those things you're going to see the manifestation of it. But your trust, your faith is in what Jesus did. Why? Because he already, I know we make the statement in the body of Christ. Well, you know what? You know, when you pray, God, when we pray, we move God. No, I, I disagree with that. And some may disagree with me, but I disagree. No, God has already moved. God has did all the moving he's going to do 2,000 years ago. Okay, so prayer moves us. Prayer don't move God. Your faith moves you. Faith, your faith don't move God because already He's already accomplished everything He's gonna do for us. Two thousand years ago, He did that. What was the last statement that Jesus made on the cross? He said, "What it is finished." That's what He said. What was He saying when He said that? Your salvation is complete. I did everything I need to do. I don't need to do anything else. All we have to do now is respond to what he has done. That's that's say that's great news. That is awesome news. So the, here's here's what the saying. This is what you should say. Thus, the saying should go like this: God help those who cannot help themselves. Not God help those who help themselves. But God help those who cannot help themselves. That's what he does. He helped those who can't. Me and you couldn't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. We don't have the ability. We don't have the strength. We don't have the know-how to know how to, even though you may give yourself credit for things, but it's because of Jesus Christ and what he did. When it comes to salvation, no, you can't help yourself. There's nothing you can do physically man-made goal setting there's nothing you can do to cause god to work on your behalf no he already done it our job now your job now is to respond to what he's already made available to you 
through what he did on Calvary Cross, through salvation, which is forgiveness of sin, healing, deliverance, prosperity, all those things. He's already coming. I just challenge you tonight to respond to what he's already done. Just say, I believe. I believe. And then out of that, out of that belief now, it's going to come good works. Out of that belief. No, I'm not doing good works to get God to do something for me. I'm doing good works because he's already done this for me. And that's the gospel. This is what grace is all about. Responding to the finished works of Jesus Christ. And not saying, you know what, God going to help me if I help myself. And so what you're doing, as I said earlier, you, you are putting the responsibility on yourself to make it happen. And what you're doing is, I think Galatians talking about how we've made the thing of God of no effect. Because why? Because we've gone back to trying to work for what Jesus has already accomplished. This is what the problem the Galatian church had. They were, had gone back to working for salvation versus just putting their trust in what Jesus had done. Even in that book of Galatians, I, I can't remember what chapter, but he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law? about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's a good question you need to ask yourself. If you're a believer and you believe you have the Holy Spirit in you, did you receive it by law keeping, by works? Okay. Or did you receive it by putting faith in Jesus Christ? And the answer is the latter, the second one. You, We received the Holy Spirit by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, not because we were good enough, because... We did. We live holy enough. This is what Jesus has done. So, therefore, if you've been saying this, I challenge you to change it. If you've been saying, "Well, God help those who help themselves," or "God will help me if I help myself," no, change that. Change that to, "Well, God will help those who can't help themselves." Because I don't have the ability. If Jesus didn't hadn't accomplished it. I can't get it. Otherwise, if grace didn't make it, your faith can't get it. Your good works can't get it. But Jesus Christ paid the price for us. All we have to do is receive. Once again, thank you tonight for listening. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what grace has made available to every person that here on earth, God, all our job is to just receive. I pray, God, that you will give them mind to receive what you've done. If they need healing, receive healing right now in the name of Jesus. If they need deliverance, receive deliverance in the name of Jesus. If they need prosperity, receive prosperity in the name of Jesus. If they need peace or joy or love, receive it right now in the name of jesus and i thank you god for manifesting what they need right now by the power of the holy spirit thank you god for your presence touching them right now we take authority and we bind the enemy right now that no 
we can accomplish anything in our own ability. But it's all because God of what you did for us. On Calvary, we receive by faith. Because we know we cannot do anything on our own. Even the word says, without you, I can do nothing. And God, therefore, but thank you for providing everything we need for this life and the life to come. And we receive it by faith. And we thank you for the manifestation of your word, God, in their life. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening on tonight. We'll be back with you next week again um, on another um, installment of That's Not in the Bible. I pray that you, if you want to listen to us again, as I said, we have an app that you can go listen to on your iPhone or on your Android. Download Grace and Faith Fellowship. On your phone, you can re-listen to these messages at your convenience. Once again, thank you for listening. Praise God for you listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.